Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Q&A number 13. Remember that you can send in questions that you want me to answer on the podcast on michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's Michael with a K or send them on Facebook. There's a widget on my website scientifictriathlon.com through which you can send any questions that you may want me to answer. Before we get into today's questions, a big thanks to our sponsors. First, we have Stack that you can find on stackzero.com. That's S-T-A-C, zero spelled out, dot com. They make the world's quietest indoor bike trainers. And indoor bike training is something that we actually will cover in one of today's questions. Uh, we will discuss uh, the difference in the power and FTP training zones between indoor and outdoor riding. Uh, so look forward to that. But regardless, indoor bike training is super effective for improving your bike fitness and improving your bike performance. And that is one of the main reasons that I made it a priority to train more indoors this year, even though I live in lovely Portugal where weather is good. So you can you can bike outdoors year round, which I did more or less last year, uh, except for a time when I was injured. But I now think that uh, I'm I'm ready to to get back indoors again and get and I have been doing that the last few weeks and I have been doing it on my Stack Zero Halcyon, which is Stack's uh, smart trainer model that won the Eurobike 2018 award for best bike training accessory, and uh, I now. I settled on using Trainer Road again. I'm a past Trainer Road user and I resubscribed to the app and now I'm using that. Uh, my coach gives me workouts and I find the most, uh, the closest matching workout on Trainer Road and I just go ahead and do that. And I just love it. It's so motivating and it feels so productive. It's time super well spent when you're training indoors and not a single pedal stroke goes to waste. Uh, you can buy any Stack Zero Power Meter for 20% off with the promo code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps. And big thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Uh, as we have talked about, Roka now ships and distributes from the UK. So UK and uh, other EU customers uh, don't have to pay customs or duties anymore. On the Roka website, roka.com, R-O-K-A.com, you can just click the flag uh, on the website and select what your region is. And then any shopping that you do, you'll get uh, uh, shipped through the right region. If you are in the market for last-minute Christmas gifts, whether they are wetsuits, sunglasses, goggles, swimskins, trisuits, etc., Roka has you covered. Their product in these categories is uh, really, really designed for high performance, for going super fast. So uh, if you are looking to invest in a new wetsuit or a trisuit or anything like that, perhaps you can just add it to your last minute Christmas wish list and perhaps somebody nice will will give it to you and get it on roka.com. And they can, in that case, use the promo code Show, all one word, all caps, and that will give them 20% off their entire order. So let's get into the questions for today. The first one is from Dan Müller in Germany and he writes, Hi Michael, I stumbled upon a question regarding wattage on the trainer versus outside. Roy Hinnen, the Swiss triathlon coach, said that there is a difference in wattage between 20 to 30 watts regarding riding on a trainer and riding outside. I am a trainer road guy. That means most of my bike training and all of my FTP tests are done inside on a smart trainer. If there is such a huge difference between inside and outside power, then I calculated all my race power zones wrong. That means too low when it's based on an inside FTP test. What do you think? Uh, so 
I would say here that, uh, yes, for most people, there will be a difference. And how big that difference is, uh, that will really depend on a lot of factors. Uh, the more used you are to training indoors, the smaller this difference between indoor and outdoor power becomes. So for you, who does all your training indoors, that difference might not be as big as 20 to 30 watts. It might be 5 to 10 watts, potentially. But even for somebody training a lot indoors, depending on equipment and other factors, uh, you can't rule out that the difference is quite big. So to answer your question directly, yes, I would recommend doing an outdoor FTP test. And it's important that it's on level ground and not uphill uh, to when you're, you're testing your up outdoor FTP, because your outdoor FTP on an uphill is also going to be quite different from your outdoor FTP uh, on level ground. So, so when you want to set your do your race power plan and set your outdoor training zones, you should be doing and any triathlete should be doing a separate outdoor FTP test to get to get more more accurate zones and, and accurate race power plans. Uh, but some of the factors that uh, that you can think about before you decide that you might go out and do an outdoor FTP test this will give you a clue as to how big the difference between indoor and outdoor FTP may be for you uh, is uh, first you need to consider temperature and hydration and I think that you probably have this covered <laughs> you you probably use a fan or two you have uh, so you have temperature more or less under control indoors and uh, get some cooling you hydrate during workouts that sort of thing and that is uh, what it takes really having a fan is super important but also having making sure that you get enough hydration in because you will be sweating a lot if you don't do these things then you will quickly come up towards uh, a limit in performance in your indoor workouts compared to your outdoor workouts because you will have that much more effective cooling outdoors with the, uh, with the airflow around you when you're traveling at speed on the bike uh, so, so a fan is important and hydration as well to offset that extra sweat that most of us experience training indoors compared to training outdoors, except on very, very hot days. So, so that's the first thing factor to consider, temperature and hydration. The second is uh, what type of trainer you have. So if you have a direct drive trainer, then there is more inertia and uh, it adds more rear wheel momentum compared to uh, compared to other trainers like normal normal flywheel wheel on trainers uh, so that means that it more closely simulates outdoor riding conditions so if you think about it what happens when you stop pedaling outdoors is that actually the momentum of the rear wheel will keep driving the cranks so you will still be uh, your your legs will still be doing revolutions on the pedal cranks and on the trainer when you do this then the momentum is that much smaller that you will stop much more click quickly and the cranks will stop rotating but with a direct drive trainer this uh, momentum to the rear wheel it's uh, it's much more substantial than with other trainer models if you have a direct drive trainer so so that is one of the differences and, uh, and that will make it make your ftp indoors closer to your outdoor ftp uh, if you use that kind of trainer and the third thing to consider is how comfortable are you being holding a very static position on the trainer so for some so you can think of this how static are you usually when you're riding outdoors if you are very static outdoors then being static and in a fixed position on the trainer won't make as big a difference for you as it will for somebody who uh, for example it tends to use their upper body a lot more when biking outdoors because that is then it, it's really not possible to do that the same way on the trainer when the trainer is locked in or the bike is locked into the trainer uh, so that's a reason that 
people that use more upper body and are not as static in their position outdoors they will have a larger drop in ftp and in power in general when they go and do their bike workouts on in indoor conditions so so depending on those factors and some others all of these are of course individual and condition dependent the difference yeah it may be 20 to 30 watts i would agree that that is quite a common range of discrepancy uh, at least for athletes that uh, tend to quite uh, do quite a lot of training outdoors but it may also be something something different less or more so that's why i really recommend that you test and uh, and i recommend that uh, that anybody who will be switching from indoor training to outdoor training in the spring that you do another ftp test there to set your outdoor training zones so there are also a couple of interesting studies on this topic. The first one, I'll link to both of these. The first one is called Dependence of the Nature of the Pedaling Activity on Maximal Aerobic Power in Cycling. It's from 2017. And they had 16 male cyclists that uh, did uh, an incremental test. And they also did three times four-minute time trials. Uh, so one was indoors on an ergometer and... Uh, two were outdoors one on flat ground and one uphill so the results the average power for four minutes were 378 watts on the ergometer 367 watts on uh, level ground outdoors so actually a lower wattage outdoors but not statistically significant but then substantially higher and statistically significantly higher uphill that was 408 watts and there is a nice discussion in this study about how the different conditions so and and the forces you need to overcome so mostly aerodynamics when you're outdoors the brake of the ergometer when you're indoors and uh, gravity when you're pedaling uphill how they impose changes in in the crank inertial load and that alters then the biomechanical requirements like the, the torque the preferred cadence growth efficiency and and other physiological measurements as well so so you can i'll link to that you can go and read that if you want to see more details but this study interestingly showed that for four minute time trials the the wattage was very similar or it was not statistically significant when you compare level ground with uh, indoors on the ergometer but again consider that the ergometer will have a, a certain profile but your trainer will potentially have another profile i don't actually know if the ergometer is one that that adds a lot of momentum to the rear wheel it might be which would explain perhaps that it is closer to outdoor ftp uh, so yeah i'm not going to to really dig into that anymore just going to mention one more study and it is called gross efficiency and cycling economy are higher in the field as compared with on an axiom stationary ergometer and what these researchers found was that at the same power output indoors versus outdoors they compared a few different power outputs both the gross efficiency which is sort of like mechanical efficiency and uh, the cycling economy so that's uh, like metabolic uh, efficiency both of these were significantly higher uh, during cycling in the field so outdoors both uphill and on level ground compared to laboratory conditions on the ergometer and this difference the difference in gross efficiency was 12 percent higher outdoors and in cycling economy was 11 percent higher a better economy uh, outdoors so that is uh, th those are significant differences but again this study actually measured uh, fixed power output and then how efficient mechanically and 
economical metabolically the cyclists were so they did not compare how high a power you can hold so it's a slightly different type of setup still interesting to note uh, and so i'll link to this study as well and one more thing that i just thought of that i want to add for those listeners that may be newer to this this same thing applies with when you compare your road bike zones and ftps with your time trial uh, zones and time trial bike zones and time trial bike ftps your ftp might be significantly different for your road bike compared to your time trial bike because you're in a more more compromised more aggressive cons- uh, position on the time trial bike so so i would test those separately as well right i hope this helps dan and then the next question is from itai from israel and he writes hi michael i have a question that maybe you'll be able to address on one of your podcasts it's about putting a recovery week every four five or six weeks when training 15 to 25 hours a week it makes perfect sense to have a recovery week in order to build up performance the question is what if we train only seven to eight hours per week do you think that even then a recovery week will do good for our performance I'm averaging about 650 TSS a week in about seven to eight hours. I train six days and uh, have a total rest day once per week. Do you think that in my case, a recovery week is needed? If so, uh, for how, how often should would you recommend having that? I feel that I can maintain this stress all the way to my race, which is a 70.3. I wonder if a recovery week will improve my overall fitness in the long run. Uh, thanks, that is a great question. As with most about anything, it's very individual. So I'm going to just answer in uh, in averages what, what I've seen in my coaching and what, uh, what would be my starting point for you. But then you need to experiment and see whether it works for you or not uh, or communicate with your coach for listeners that are in a similar situation but may have a coach. So, so I would say that for the average age grouper, you do not need uh, a full week of easy training if you're training seven to eight hours uh, per week. But uh, what I would tend to do is to add two to four significantly easier days as a recovery block. And I would typically do that once per month. And, and that is most, most of the time what it takes to come back to, to more or less complete freshness. You feel that you can go out and nail those workouts again. So, But this is with the assumption that the average age grouper that trains seven to eight hours per week, they do quite a bit of intensity. And uh, so a lot of their workouts have some form of intensity to them so then even despite the fact that the volume isn't big and uh, they will actually feel that they need those recovery weeks i will get comments that uh, or recovery block sorry that hey this recovery block it came in the right time i i think i nailed my workouts but now i do feel that it will be really nice to have a few days of easier training and freshen up uh, so so that is the feedback that i get that even on that amount of training volume if you do include quite a bit of intensity which uh, again i think makes sense to do if you want to improve at least uh, once you have reached like intermediate to advanced level uh, of uh, in your triathlon abilities then that is it, it seems to me that it is usually good to include that yes uh, i do think that it will improve your fitness in the long run because after those easier days you will probably have a few hard workouts in you that you can really perform supremely well in. You will you will be going harder than you were going before that recovery block, significantly harder in some cases. And then still after that, you might taper out a little bit in your performance workout performances, but you will still have a couple of weeks of very solid, consistent workout performances. Compared to if you never have a recovery block, what, what 
what tends to happen is that you start to regress to the mean and start having more and more average workout performances that are like just meh <laughs> and uh, neither good nor bad. Uh, usually you don't dig yourself into too much of a hole. That is true on seven to eight hours per week, even if you have a lot of intensity, but it's just that you don't get as much out of those quality work- workouts because you don't have get as many of them done with as high a quality as you potentially could if you freshened up uh, freshened up every now and day then by having blocks of easier training so so that is again these are average recommendations and, and it is very individual uh, so for you since you have a complete rest day every week then what a recovery block might look like for you and i have many athletes that are in this situation they also tend to have a rest day uh, some of them tend to have a rest day every week then just stacking on two more easy days or maybe three more easy days after that rest day that would be a good example of a recovery block that uh, would uh, allow you to freshen up and get ready for the next block of hard training and uh, as i said i usually would add these sorts of blocks every every four weeks and or every month my starting point is usually that most athletes that train this volume can take these only every four weeks rather than every three some older athletes and athletes that have had injury problems or beginner athletes that you just want to take a conservative approach with with them i would actually probably add a recovery block every three weeks rather than every four weeks it might be only three days it might not have to be four days uh, but uh, even for young athletes that train very high volumes i would uh, i would add recovery blocks quite often every three weeks just because of the having a high amount of volume that will take a lot out of you so for them to be able to perform in their important workouts then I do think that uh, a lot of the time it's really required to every three weeks have a little bit of a, a couple of a few days of, of easier training. So it's a very much individual and not a one size fits all, but this will help you uh, get a starting point uh, if you are below the age of 50 and uh, you don't have a, a big injury history, then I would say that if you add this sort of block every four weeks, then you should be fine as a starting point. Uh, but uh, that said you say that you think that you can handle the way that you train until you're 70.3 if you do still have uh, you do have intense workouts and you perform well in them you feel that you can you can really crush some of them if you want to that's not to say that you have to like really go like all 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 in in every single workout i'm not saying that but uh, but you feel that you have really good strong performances in your workouts then uh, then i would say that you don't need to change much then by all means keep doing what you're doing that's the most important thing the one thing that i that you should perhaps ask yourself is are you challenging yourself enough um, and but if the answer to that question is yes and you still think that you don't need any additional recovery compared to what you have then keep doing what you're doing you do not need to add a recovery week just because it's in some book or somebody said so uh, it's it is individual it's not a one-size-fits-all uh, final point it's not the most important thing really but uh, i think you have your thresholds set incorrectly because it's pretty much impossible to get 650 tss in in a week of seven to eight hours of training so have a look at that uh, there's something wrong there all right i hope that you enjoyed this uh, q a episode i'll link the studies that i referenced in the show notes and i'll also link um an article that is a good article by hunter allen on that topic of indoor versus outdoor ftp on training peaks and i'll link a fast talk podcast that discusses this topic as well and that was a really good one if you want to go more in depth especially Uh, and before we go i want to give a little teaser for monday's episode 
So first, you might not be listening in then. I know I won't because it's uh, Christmas Eve, which is incidentally that's the the big celebration day in in the Scandinavian countries rather than uh, Christmas Day. So we celebrate on the twenty fourth. It's like our most important day. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, so you might not be listening then, which means that I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, being uh, being a listener. Uh, take the opportunity to do that now. But second, when you do listen, make sure that you don't miss miss that episode and forget about it. Uh, you might listen to it on Boxing Day while waiting for the Premier League action to start if you're into that. Uh, like me uh, but you're in for a really good interview when you hear that it's with an elite triathlete and a coach i'll wait to reveal his name until monday's episode but he is actually my coaching partner and uh, is coaching for the scientific triathlon brand uh, so in addition to hearing about what mr x's training as an elite athlete looked like and getting training tips from somebody who has trained under some of the best coaches in the sport and with athletes like Tim Don, uh, you will also get uh, a very direct look in at how both of us view and approach our coaching and how we try to make our coaching the best in the industry. So there you go. That's a teaser for the Christmas episode. And make sure that you tune into that on the 21st of December or after. Either way, Merry, Merry Christmas and uh, before we go, thank you to our sponsors, Roka, that you can find on roka.com or roka.uk or roka.eu. Final call for Christmas gifts if you are looking for triathlon apparel like wetsuits, swimskins, tri suits, sunglasses, goggles, etc. Check them out on roka.com and get it for 20% off with the promo code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps. And thank you to Stack that you can find on stackzero.com. That's S-T-A-C, zero spelled out.com. Make sure that you listen to my interview with Andrew Buckroll this last Monday on the 17th of December. That was on heat transfer. And actually, so that was very closely related to one of the things that I mentioned here in the first question about training indoors versus outdoors. If you do not control your heat environment in in your well your heat the heat in your indoor environment and how you cool yourself down then that will probably that will significantly impact your ftp and your power on the bike when you're indoors and andrew goes goes into great detail and gives specific uh, numbers for that in monday's episode so check that out and if you're in the market for an indoor trainer check out the stack trainers and get 20 percent off yours with the promo code that's triathlon show all one word all caps Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.